Hello and welcome to Fast Charge. I'm your host Dom. I am joined as ever by Lewis and Toddy. And our special guest for this week is Adam joining us from the States. Hello, ooh, ooh. good friends. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's been good a while. Good to see you too. Bright and early for you, as ever. I'm still impressed. I mean, you, you, you messaged us like two hours ago asking when we were starting. It <laughs> yeah, must have been no, like 6 a.m. Well, for you. Yeah, I was telling Lewis I, I forgot the time, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get up extra early. And then when somebody said it's like an hour and a half, I was like, well, I could have slept more, but I'm up. So <laughs> I'm here. I'm ready. We, we appreciate, appreciate the commitments. Yeah. <laughs> of course. It's fun. Uh, it is a busy week for us this week. We've had two massive phone launches. Uh, first up, we are going to talk about the Oppo Find X3 Pro and actually the rest of the Find X3 series. Uh, I've been testing that for the last week, so I'm going to be able to give you my review thoughts pretty much. Uh, then Lewis and Adam have both been using the Asus ROG Phone 5. Uh, I think between them, we've actually tried two of the three variants as well. So we've got loads of thoughts on the biggest, silliest gaming phone so far. Uh, and then finally, we are going to turn to camera stuff because Adam knows more about cameras than, than the rest of us put together pretty much. Uh, and this week was the week that OnePlus confirmed the long-rumored Hasselblad collaboration in its camera setup. And I thought that was a good excuse to turn to kind of what that means and what other camera calibrations we've seen and what users should actually expect from Hasselblad working with OnePlus. Fundamentally, the question being, is this anything more than marketing hype? Before that, though, a few bits of quick news to run through. Uh, first up, Samsung has announced yet another Galaxy Unpacked event. Uh, they just keep on coming, whether we want them or not. Uh, do not expect another flagship. Do not expect a foldable. This is probably the Galaxy A52 and A72. Right, Toddy? Yep, that is correct. Don't know whether it's going to be just 4G ones, 5G ones, or a mix of the two, depending on the market, but that's what the rumors are saying. Yeah, they're a wild one because we've been looking and like the leaks kind of suggest that the f there like, might even be different refresh rates between the 4G and yep, 5G models. Different chips the for the 4G and 5G and different refresh rates. And there might not even be a 5G A72. We've got it all on the site. Check it out. <laughs> it's going to be a messy one. I can't wait. Uh, one then next interesting leak uh, comes from Huawei, and this is actually just from today. This is a late addition to the lineup. Uh, some renders have appeared of one of the P50 phones um, with a really, really weird camera module. And I say that having, you know, we're going to talk about the Oppo Find X3 Pro camera module, which is also really weird. And Huawei has managed to just like pip them with, no, we can do, we can do stranger. <laughs> um, the just, the lenses are enormous. Like, twice the size of a normal phone camera lens. Um, no one knows what lenses they are. They're obviously, there was previously a leak that they were going to be using a new IMX 800 sensor. This might be the first one-inch sensor in a phone. So we can only assume that's maybe why these lens holes are just enormous on these renders. That suggests that enormous sensor is going to be on two of the lenses rather than just the main one. I don't know. I'm looking at this. Liquid lens talk, which yes. I'm not really sure what that is, but... Um, yeah, very, very odd looking, um, excited to find out more. We, we should hopefully find it more soon. I think we're expecting the P50 in, in April, probably, or yeah. something like that. So, um, with a bit of luck, we'll find out more as to what is going on there and, and how that range looks. Uh, also excitingly, we are expecting those to come with Harmony OS rather than Android. That was one of the other little rumors this week that they will ship with Harmony OS, uh, install in the factory, which is fun. Uh, getting away from phones for a second, um, Sonos announced the Sonos Roam this week, which is a new portable speaker 
you may remember they did a portable speaker not that long ago that's on us move mm-hmm. the roam is even smaller than that like the move is quite bulky this is a sixth of the size of the move it's genuinely a small portable speaker um it's 160 pounds or dollars um I find this interesting only because it's just is signals like Sonos moving even further away from where they started as like high end Wi-Fi and an Ethernet speakers for your for your home entertainment setup basically, and now they're just an audio company, and we're kind of expecting to see headphones this year too. And now I'm just you know the thought I had today is how long is it until we see the first smartphone that's sold with like Sonos audio <laughs> built in? Because at this point it just feels like a matter of time. Um, also not a phone, uh, Fitbit announced the ACE 3, which is a, uh, yet another wearable. This one is a kid's wearable, and I so much for sake, and I've not used an ACE myself. Um, this is the first release since Google finalized its purchase of Fitbit, unless I'm much mistaken, but I don't think that's actually had any impact whatsoever on the product as of yet. I imagine this would have been in the works for a while anyway. Um, it's just a kid's, kid's fitness tracker basically fairly straightforward toddy i think you wrote up is there anything weird about it that's exciting there is really nothing massively (laughs) to shout about it's usually like they just take one of their existing trackers and just maybe tweak the design to make it more kid-friendly that's about the long and short of it yeah um not not the thrillingest wearable launch but still a fitbit (laughs) is a fitbit they're they're big news no matter what uh and finally we'll wheel back to phones before we go into the show proper uh, another little leak from the last couple of days that I actually missed until I was looking looking things up for my roundup today, which is that Xiaomi is apparently working on a phone with 200 watt fast charging, which is just absurd. And I know we say that every time about these fast charging speeds, but that is absurd. Is that the definition of a of a burner phone? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to burn up. I, I don't want to think about how hot that thing must run, uh, yeah. but the. The, the weird thing as well is that the phone it's reportedly going to be in will also support wireless charging. Normally, sort of the first devices with the crazy high charging speeds drop wireless out to make space for everything and for the cooling required and whatever. Apparently, this will also have wireless charging built in whenever it, whatever device it turns out to be. Um, maybe the Mi 11 Ultra, but I think probably further off than that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 120 watt charging gets you a full charge of a you know big battery in about 18 minutes, maybe 20 so 200 watt is probably, that would be below the 15 minute line for a full charge, uh, getting close to 10 minutes, which is just silly. I'm sorry. I know we're called fast charge. We should be fans, but it's, it's silly. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> don't need it. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get into the proper show. We are going to kick things off with the Oppo Find X3 series and specifically the Oppo Find X3 Pro which I have here, very, very shiny. So shiny, you can actually see Adam <laughs> here and now Lewis in the reflection of my camera feed. This thing is a mirror. You, you know, uh, it's funny, the, the last time I was on the show, we talked about the, I think it was leaks uh, of this phone, nice. uh, and you, you hated the design. So have you turned on it? Do you love the design now? I'm actually more of a fan. Yeah, I did go through this strange journey. And, you know, right up to when I was being pre-briefed on it and I saw all of the official renders and they, they, they showed me that officially and I was still thinking, this doesn't work for me. I don't like it at all. And then the phone turned up and I don't know, something clicked. It works. So if you're looking at renders and the imagery and, and stuff like that and you, you don't think it's for you, then it, you know, it, it may be that actually if you saw one in person, it, it would swing you a little bit. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the notable thing is that camera module that, 
the glass of the back of the body slopes up towards the camera module uh, for a totally seamless experience. Like it is the glass, like between the lenses, is the same glass that runs around the whole rest of the back of the phone. Uh, it is just one sheet that has been curved really, really impressively. Um, and it's most noticeable on this one, which is the gloss black, you know, very, very uh, shiny. Yeah. You see that it's that. There's a matte version. I think in some markets there's, a, there's an orange leather one as well, but that's not in Europe. So is there a case in box? I was just about to ask that. Yeah. Yes, I, I say that with confidence. I don't have the box to hand, but I'm sure. pretty sure I remember there being just a sort of transparent TPU um, case in the box when I when I unpacked it first time. I haven't I haven't thrown it on yet, but uh, yeah, because sure I I'd, I'd see yeah I'd love to see like how it interacts with that slope if it tries to you know also slope the the plastic so that it it meets uh, almost flush. Or if it just kind of like slopes as well, so it just <laughs> adds yeah. more to the bump. I should check actually. I should check when we're, when we're done here. I'll take a look at the case and see how how they how they handled that. Um, I will admit, I I know nothing about whether this is any more or less durable than another phone design, but it does make me worry about durability just that little bit more. Um, <laughs> something about this very fancy sheet of curved glass makes me panic about dropping this thing. Um, yeah. So I I would have a case now. I always review my phones without a case on because I think it's better to kind of get the feel of them, the, the, the design maverick. they've made. Um, and I'm a maverick. Um, <laughs> He's just privileged, if... you know. He, he gets all these phones. He it doesn't matter if they break. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> he just can't it very much. Oh, it's the saddest thing when you drop a phone. No matter how many phones you review, how often <laughs> yeah. you change phones. When what when when you just have that like, you can see the cracks spreading across the back the of the glass. It's oh. <laughs> heartbreaking every time yeah <laughs> uh, anyway so this is the find x3 pro there's also a find x3 neo and light um in in europe those are funny because they're actually reno 5 models have been rebranded the neo is the reno 5 pro plus the light is the reno 5 so i don't really want to talk about them too much because they're actually in a way old news those phones got announced six months ago they've just been rebranded there is also a regular oppo find x3 but only in china the only difference between that and the Pro, basically, is that it has a Snapdragon 870 rather than 888, oh. and it has 8 gig of RAM rather than 12. But otherwise, it is the same. So we're not actually missing a lot by not having the, uh, the, the vanilla model. But if that is confusing you, there is a standard Find X3. It's China exclusive. I think it's going to stay that way, so don't hold out hope for that. I've heard nothing from Oppo suggesting they intend to launch that anywhere else. Unless the price difference is huge, you'd wonder why they even bothered if that's the only difference. I don't know because it, yeah, when when um, when Oppo was asked in my briefing why we weren't getting the standard model, they basically said it's about differentiating the range. They wanted to have a clear line between the Pro and the Neo, and a real sense of the tiers of the phones. And clearly, they thought that for a global market, the vanilla Find X3 just muddied the waters a bit. It was, and now that we know what those specs are, it's clear why they thought that. It's just so close to the Pro model that you can see the pitch of trying to justify why you get one or the other, and what the difference is becomes very messy why they didn't take that view of the Chinese launch, I couldn't tell you. Um, anyway, so it is an exciting phone for more reasons than just the way it looks. And I know it, the look is kind of the distracting thing. Um, a lot of it is really by the numbers, like 2021 flagship. It's a Snapdragon 888, like I mentioned, 12 gig of RAM, 256 gigabytes of storage. That's kind of what you'd expect for a phone at this price, uh, and it is expensive. It's one thousand one hundred pounds, one thousand one hundred and fifty euros. 
Um, what is more interesting is basically everything running from the camera through to the display. Some of that we knew already because there's this lots of emphasis on billion colors and 10-bit color uh, because it's got a 10-bit display just like last year's Find X2 Pro. But this time the cameras also take photos in 10-bit, they encode them in 10-bit, they store them in 10-bit, they decode them in 10-bit. So if you take 10-bit photos on this phone, you, they will be true 10-bit all the way through. Of course, the moment they leave the phone, you're going to run into trouble potentially because if you don't have a 10-bit display off device, then you're not going to see them in 10-bit elsewhere. And half the media you look at on your phone is not going to be in 10-bit anyway. But if you're using the phone to take 10-bit photos, and that's an option, it's like by default, it doesn't even use the 10-bit, but still, it's there. Oh, really? That's getting really into the woods of like, it's niche. Um, it does for video too, I should say as well. You can do 10-bit oh, yeah, I was video. just about to ask that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a yeah. big deal for video. And that's a big deal for video. I'll admit, I know so little about like video, uh, <laughs> video tech on a, on a high level that I, I usually kind of skirt away from it a little bit because I just know it goes over my head. Um, but it is exciting. I think for the people who, who care about the stuff and who use their phones for that kind of high-end performing video and photo stuff, this will matter. Um, on a simpler level, on the just sort of average user point-and-shoot camera stuff, though, this is also really cool. Um, the best thing is that they've, they've basically taken the spirit they had in last year's Find X2 Pro um, of trying to do very, very good ultra-wide camera to go with the main camera. And they've extended that further. So the main camera and the ultra-wide, um, they actually don't even talk about that. They, they call it a dual primary camera system. Um, but the two of them are both using the same IMX766 Sony sensor. So they're both 50 megapixel with the exact same sensor in. I like this approach. I think it's um, cool. Yeah, and then they've done a lot of work to make the color tuning the same as well. So basically it means, broadly, if you take a photo with the main camera and you switch the ultra-wide, you will see the exact same colors on both images. Mm. You will see um, the tone the same, the exposure the same. You will, you know, you won't notice the difference between the two results, which I like. Um, it's very, very good at doing that in normal lighting. Um, they actually have different apertures. Uh, it's f 1.8 on the main one and f 2.2 on the ultra wide, and there's only OIS on the main one. There's it's electronic stabilization on the uh, on the ultra wide. That means that once you get into low light they pull apart a little bit, especially if you're doing like night mode where the stabilization really helps get those repeated exposures and keep it steady. So the standard lens is a little crisper on night mode shots, but it's really not a lot. Um, and for, for normal photography, you would really struggle to pull them apart. They've done such a good job of the, the color tuning between those lenses so that it does feel like, you know, it feels like they are of a piece with one another, you know? And confidently you were kind of edging towards the, the kind of uh, conclusion that this might overall be a better camera system than what you get with the uh, S21 Ultra based on your experience with it? I don't know about better and I haven't tested the Ultra myself. I can only go by your review and other people's reviews and what I've, you know, the camera samples I've seen and stuff like that. I guess it's all about priorities. So what we've yeah. got here is you've got a phenomenal main camera and ultra wide. You've then got a two times telephoto that does five times hybrid, no periscope. So if what you really like is serious zoom and you want that 10 times zoom, you're going to want to go for the Samsung. Um, it is a funny one with Oppo because they had a better zoom lens on last year's phone and they've downgraded the zoom this year. They basically said that's to make space in the module for the, the dual 766 sensors. And right. there's, you know, limit. They, I, I guess they were consciously trying to avoid that 
Samsung Ultra style huge camera module that takes up a quarter of the back of the phone. Um, so you're not getting as as good a telephoto by any means. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, you can see that it's, it's a fraction of the size camera module wise. Um, you're not getting that crazy, crazy zoom. Um, you are then getting one other fun little extra, which I, I do question why it's here, but it is cool. And this is the micro lens camera, which is the third one of the little set there. I thought you'd made a typo when you when you wrote when I was reading a review first time round because I thought it was like <laughs> a macro lens, but no, no, it's a micro yeah. lens, both it in size and purpose. <laughs> yeah, it's a very funny little shooter. So it is a sixty times magnification microscopic lens, um, and basically the idea is it, it 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 has an incredibly short focal distance, and it's designed for zooming in on things that are very close. So you literally have to, it instructs you, you know, the focal distance is measured in millimeters. You press the phone up against whatever you want to photograph. Uh, it has a little LED ring light built into the lens to provide illumination Man. because obviously the phone is now blocking out all the light. Hmm. Uh, and then you can use it to get shots of, say, um, I, I took one of my house plants, and you can see the cell walls on, on the plant leaf structure really clearly. Uh, you, I took photos of clothing and you can see every single like thread in minute detail. Uh, if you take a photo of a display, you can see every LED, uh, in, in a, in a monitor or a TV or another phone display. It is cool. Really, really yeah. cool. I, I, I like a good macro lens. Uh, <laughs> I haven't tried this micro lens. Uh, so yeah, the, I mean the, the illumination, I think from a practical standpoint would definitely help. Uh, and then also the, the fixed focal distance, because then you don't have to worry about autofocus or any of that stuff. It's just like, it is what it is. Get it in yep. focus or it's not. Uh, exactly. Uh, what, what's the, what's the aperture on that? Uh, 3.0. Oh, yeah. Okay. That much makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's so small. It's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's genuinely it's like, Sorry, Sorry go. too polite, too British. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's genuinely a technological marvel. I, I'm so impressed by this. I, I, you know, you see the photos you get out of it, and you think, I can't really believe I've got those off a phone. And what's the megapixel count? Usually, a macro camera is, you know, sub 4K. Yeah, this is also. I think it's three megapixels. Uh, okay, um, okay. It's it's something. Yeah, something in that region. It's it's not a high megapixel count by any means. Oh, okay. Interesting. Is it, is it the best macro lens that you've ever tried? I mean, in the sense that it's obviously it's doing a very different thing. You can't use it for a standard macro shot because it's, um, you know, the scale is completely different. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to take what we, True. you know, not the kind of macro photos another phone would do, you'd use the ultra wide to do that. Um, it's really, really cool, mm. but it's kind of in that space where it's like a super fun toy. Um, and I do, I love the tech. I really enjoyed the results I got. I do think you would probably play around with it for a day and then never use it again. Or at least a lot of people will. I'm sure some people out there will, will fall in love with it and use it all the time. But that does feel like it, a niche use case. It's uh, no unless, good for holiday snaps, you know. <laughs> unless you get a, like a splinter in your finger and you just don't know exactly yeah. where it is. Oh, you uh, know Let me yeah, go yeah. get my phone. Ah, I see it. Okay, get the tweezers in there. <laughs> Maybe it's a practical thing more than an artistic thing. Uh, I guess it's nice that they committed to it. Like, it could have been a really shoddy implementation, like we've seen on, like, you know, mm. certain Realme phones, they just have four cameras, and that's just the rules, even if they're, like, the last two are 
basically pointless or unusable. Um, even like the OnePlus 8T, it didn't really need that that last lens in its array on the back. Whereas this sounds like it's actually kind of, they, they've spent the time to make sure that it can produce images that you'd actually want to use and share or, or like you said, like Andy, like it, um, Adam, it has value in other ways, maybe down the line that aren't just for sharing on social. It's it's a bit of a gimmick, but it is a well-made gimmick. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it gets good results and interesting results. Yeah, We, we see this uh, on the other end too, right? Folded optics that zoom in to 100 times, you know. Yeah. Oh, do you want to see the surface of the moon with yep. your phone? Sure. Now <laughs> do you want to see the, the cells yes. in your <laughs> in your plant? <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> and that's what's kind of interesting about the choice they made is that they didn't do that super periscopic folded optic 10 times goes up to 100 times kind of zoom thing uh, and replaced it with this and in a way they do sit in that same space where they're both the fun lens that you can show off a bit on social media you can take some silly shots with and play around with but ultimately it's not like useful quote unquote um and i i think it makes sense in a way to say let's not do the same thing as everyone else is doing and chase higher and higher zoom levels on a standard lens just because everyone else is doing it so at least Oppo's doing something that's different. There's a thing this phone does that for now at least no other phone on the market does. Well, and actually folded optics takes up a lot of room in a yes, phone exactly. where this micro lens takes up only a, a, a small <laughs> amount. So that's probably another reason why they're like, you know what, <laughs> let's just throw that in there. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. There's like a sort of pragmatism to what they've done here, hmm. which Interesting. Um, I, I kind of get. I can see it may hurt them a little bit and I reckon a lot of people who are looking at this price point, this kind of above a thousand, um, they might be looking at this versus the S twenty one Ultra uh, versus maybe that top top tier ROG. Though actually, that's probably different. But you know, the the, the whatever Huawei comes out with later this year and things like that, and all of these are going to have these these ten times um, folded optics lenses, and and there is going to be the space of like, I'm sure some people will look and say, well, why would I buy this one? It's the only one that doesn't take good photos of the moon, you know. <laughs> Um, so they've got to do a good job of pitching. Like it does this other thing, and it's cool and it's different, and and play around with that. Uh, and like I said, it does have a telephoto, and it's got a functional telephoto in that it's a two times that does five times with like good results, and that's really the range at which I think I use a telephoto day to day. I can't speak mm -hmm. for everyone there, but that's the kind of like zoom distance that I find beneficial for normal photos and where you do think, oh, I want a photo of that duck and it's a little bit far away. And then you zoom in five times and you get a nice shot of the duck. But you don't really need 100 times. You know, the duck's not not that small. Dominant duck away. photos, you know. <laughs> you got to think for ducks. <laughs> All those duck photos you've taken. I used to walk into work along the canal. There was so many duck photo opportunities in my life and they've all just upped and disappeared Oh man! since the pandemic. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm actually a really big fan of this phone. I think if uh, I I wouldn't personally, if I was buying a phone, I don't know that I would spend over a grand. I do think you get diminishing returns beyond the kind of seven eight hundred line. But if you wanted to, if you're looking at this versus the Galaxy S twenty one Ultra as the other like recent comparison point, personally, I would go for this one. Um, so cheaper, I know Tony right? loved the Ultra. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know we had the same conversation with both reviews in terms of like, is it a five star review? Is it the most kind of like mm. the best value option, the best performance option, the best in in enough areas yeah. to really make it you know a solid recommend regardless of the price? Um, but I don't think 
either of them. I feel like based on how 2020 went and the kind of devices we got, I think we're kind of holding off on that. That 2021 is probably going to give us more from from these very companies, maybe, you know. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. I will actually say it's probably a good point. Note to take what for me was the line on which I went, I can't quite give this five stars, um, which is that I noticed a little bit of throttling on the cpu performance i and wanted the to phone ask about ran this. fairly hot when i benchmarked it um and it actually meant that i did fairly well on the, some of the graphical tests but on the core cpu stuff that we, we use now called geekbench to test that um it actually saw numbers closer to the snapdragon 865 than to the other 888 phones we've tested um and like i said it was running warm and it ran warmer than the mi 11 did when i ran those same benchmarks so I do think something in what they've done to keep this thing very compact and sleek and maybe that unibody design plays a part. I think the cooling is maybe not 100% there. Um, that will not matter for most people, for most usage. I'm not saying it runs hot day to day or, or overheats in your hand or anything like that. Mm. But if you're wanting like for gaming or stuff like that, I, I guess it might give me some cause for concern there. I feel like you're teeing up beautifully, Dom. <laughs> Oh, you know, I didn't even realize, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> Speaking of gaming, the ROG Phone 5 is uh, this week's other launch. It's uh, the hottest phone. It's the hottest <laughs> phone. Not the hottest Quite phone, literally. the hottest phone. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will leave that to you then. Uh, I mean, it comes with a cooler at least. The Find X3 doesn't come with a cooler. The ROG, uh, you can oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> Big old cooler too, yeah. Uh, and actually, the the new one, the Aero Active Cooler Five, uh, comes with buttons too. I I pulled it out of the yeah, yeah the name, huh. but I pulled it out of the box and I was like, oh, physical buttons, hell yeah! Like, I mean, I, I love cool. the touch sensitive buttons. That's one of yeah. the draws of gaming phones. But the the physical buttons themselves too, they're they're a little awkwardly placed. But I within the past week that I've I've been using it, uh, I've actually gotten used to it and have like mapped it so that I, I have my ind- index fingers along the top edge and then my middle mm-hmm. fingers along the the physical buttons. Uh, yeah, it, it's enabled some some serious uh, gaming opportunities. <laughs> Honing noobs in Fortnite. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> That's what the kids do, right? Exactly that. <laughs> so my only problem with that cooler is it obviously blocks what is the kind of weird notable feature of the design element of this phone at least the ultimate version which i think is the one you've got there adam correct me if i'm wrong you couldn't tell right it's it's covering it up Uh, (laughs) it's so subtle yeah i will say the the way it's attached to the phone is uh i've had a a little bit of problems compared to the other ones because it doesn't slide and lock anymore It, it kind of just like hugs it so i found myself fidgeting a little bit more to make sure it lines up with the connectors yeah but yeah, once once it's off, oh, and the, is the screen on. There we go. Yeah, Ooh. I have. Uh, I currently that have my cool. cat uh, showing up on my little screen. <laughs> she's just constantly. She's always looking at me. So I, I thought I might oh. as well have her on the phone. It's not quite the same, is it? I mean, they're both the good though. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. it the? It's a cool thing. Was it the G14 at CES? That was the first Asus product where we saw this this LED matrix thing. Yeah, the 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 anime matrix. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I thought was called the enemy matrix in the video, and was very confident in that until I saw it written down in the press release about a week later. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I know. I I kept thinking I was mishearing them and being like, God, the name they've picked is terrible. It sounds so much like anime. Anime. And then we yeah, saw it written out, and it was like, Oh wait, no, it is oh, anime. They just named it after <laughs> anime. <laughs> It, it, what's it called on the phones? Like, I presume they both have different terms and they love all their fun, they, like, sub-brand names for It's not Anime Matrix, I know that. Okay. 
No, they just kind of just it's just a dot matrix RGB Ugh. lighting on the back. They don't really have a name for it this time. Um and it's not quite as good as it is on the laptops either, because on the laptops I think you can customize the graphic yeah. that comes up and stuff like that. Yep. Um yeah, you can't do that on the on the phone. I, I mean it's, so. it's the logo. Oh, I was just gonna say I I, th- I think this this uh is more like last year or last year on the the ROG Phone 3 when it had the lightning case it, mm. it lit up a single LED and then just had holes I, oh, like a grill, these, I yeah the, these aren't configurable these aren't individual OLEDs or, yep. or LEDs yeah. like this is one probably giant LED in the back that's just shining through in the pattern of the ROG logo so yeah so, definitely not so as configurable the one that leaked the most in the run up to the phone's launch with the display is just the ultimate did you call ultimate, it version? yeah yeah and it's okay. it's it's special edition it's it's limited so the RG Phone 5 RG Phone 5 Pro both have the same design just different uh, specs for the most part uh, the ultimate has that special monochromatic design actually no i'm sorry the the pro has the display that's another thing the pro has okay. the display but it's color the ultimate has a display, but it's only monochrome. Weird. Uh, <laughs> which I, I was like, I actually, did not know that. Yeah, I, I actually want the pro because I want the color display. That yeah. that was yeah. that was one weird thing. I didn't see too much coverage of the pro. Uh, I don't know, maybe if they they weren't sending it out in in quantities, but yeah, I, I've so they're really leaning into the monochromatic uh, design, which I do like. Uh, but I, then also I was gonna the say fair play to them, like that that white finish on the ultimate looks. Well, I don't and, like and gaming phones. So nice. Yeah, the the, really the really little pop of color. You got the blue here yeah. on on this one. You you've got the the little red for the sim tray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and then also on the pro and the ultimate, uh, it's really hard to see because it's yeah you, you're not going to be able to see it. Uh, but uh, not only do you have the the uh, the top um, touch sensitive uh, buttons, you actually have a button here and a button here as well. Uh, so you, you mm-hmm. actually get extra control options on the Pro and the Ultimate that you don't get on the standard R, uh, RG Phone 5. There's there's no extra. I can't remember what they call them, but it's, it's like back touch or something like that. Uh, so Like Toddy yeah. says, they love having that little like branding for every yeah. every feature. <laughs> Everything has its fun name and weird I, capitalization. I just, yeah, I did not uh, memorize all the uh, all huh? the names of, of all the no <laughs> all the what? pieces. No. <laughs> But uh, well, and then also on top of so in controls, because I that's that's the big thing. I, I I did a video about why I love gaming phones. One of the things is obviously the controls, uh, and they they tout eighteen different separate controls. Uh, most of those are are motion control, so you can map okay. a tilt forward to an on screen button press, a tilt to the right on screen button press, a shake. You know, so those ones I don't tend to use really. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, maybe the shake a little bit if if for something specific, but for me it's it's mostly the the, the top, and then now with the included physical buttons, uh, the Aeroactive cooler too. So, uh, or is that Aero- why it's got so much RAM? Just one for each of those extra features. 18 gigs around, yeah. one for each button. You're right. They need an extra gig for every single Exactly, right? Input. It's the only yeah. way it could have worked. So, I mean, for me, it's like, oh my God, this, this is a dizzying amount of control options. I'm personally never going to use it, but I love that it's all there because I mm. bet people are going to use it in, in wild different ways. And that's the kind of thing that you need is to say, hey, you know what? We're going to have options however you want to control it. 
you do you. And because it is built into the OS level, because it's all triggering touched, uh, touch base actions, it works with every single game out there. Uh, you know, I, I, cool. I use my Razer Kishi sometimes, uh, you know, but it's like it only, only support is only supported in some games. Uh, I use my, my Xbox controller sometimes, once again, only supported in some games. You know if you have a gaming phone like this, it's going to be supported in all games because it's just built into it. And it's more portable that way too. Probably not as, definitely not as comfortable, but way more portable because I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be on the, on the bus with a X, full Xbox controller and the little <laughs> clip on it. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not going to do that personally, but <laughs> so... Yeah, the, the con- yeah, no, I completely agree. I really like the uh, yeah the ease of use when it comes to the built-in triggers. Because yeah, I'm I'm never going to carry around an actual dedicated controller anywhere that I go. But if I can rest my fingers on the you know on the bezels and squeeze down, I can't complain about that. Okay. Um, and I think yeah, the customization also stretches through to the software as well, doesn't it? So uh, within Armory Crate, you can now um, you can select you know general performance mode. You've got X mode and X mode plus. You know. Why not? Um, as well as a dynamic mode and battery saving modes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's kind of system-wide overall changes. But then you can also drill down into app-specific... Oh, nice, like that. X mode <laughs> activated. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so when you, when you drop into these modes, as well as getting like a, a red ring around all your apps to let you know that you're in a hardcore X mode, uh, you can do it on a, on a per-app basis and you can customize how much the CPU you want to use, how much GPU power you want to use, limits on temperature, and you can get really granular with how you want this phone to perform in certain apps, um, which might be good for kind of more demanding apps like uh, Genshin Impact because that basically doesn't get 60 frames on anything at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, being able to kind of bump up specifically for that game is quite a handy thing as well. Um, but obviously the downside is that the battery then begins to die <laughs> yeah but i mean on, on the battery they 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 moved to a split battery uh design which kind of like uh the oh god the lenovo legion phone dual uh did <laughs> yep. it's got it's got two batteries it charges in parallel Duel. so yeah right uh it'll it'll charge <laughs> fast uh, it'll charge beneath uh or between the two of them at the same time but also you can have a bypass charging or bypass power mode i guess where you plug it in and it doesn't charge the phone it just runs it off the wall jack yeah so that you don't use any of your battery it doesn't heat it up uh, because mm. it's uh, not charging so you don't diminish your battery and that but you also don't charge the phone but it's a, it's a trade-off i that i mean that's yeah. obviously like an esports kind of thing where everybody's sitting down at a long desk and it's just tethered and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so i mean i think it's something that toddy suggested I'll say, I think it's something that Toddy suggested the, the, that exact thing during fast charge last week, and I had to bite my tongue to be like, <laughs> my fast charging is, is coming, it's yeah. a thing. And I was like, can't say it yet. But now we can say it, yeah, my fast charging. It's a great thing. Yeah. So it's not yeah, just saying that that's good, I'm glad. That's we're we're going to have to change the name of this uh, of this podcast to Bypass Charge. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not quite the same ring, yeah. but I like being Not the same. Uh, Let's just go with it. Yeah, I do and need to ask Toddy. Toddy hinted at it before, but um, the 18 gigs of RAM. I I know that's not in every model. Did they make yeah, any cool. attempt to justify putting 18 <laughs> gigabytes of RAM in a phone? Uh, no, I I don't <laughs> think so. Also, especially I mean, if if you go into a game with X mode on and you and when you swipe the the little game genie, I, I hate that they named that because game genie yeah. was a thing. Okay, yeah. kids. Uh, 90s could yeah. remember. Yeah, 80s right. Could uh, remember. <laughs> don't call it Game Genie. 
Jesus, I'm not <laughs> cheating. Uh, anyway, uh, the um, I lost my train. Oh, uh, th- there's a, a a one-stop optimize button, so it clears your 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 RAM, it clears your cache, it just focuses on the game. And yeah, no game is going to be using 18 gigs. Uh, so also, you know, so so it's it's a weird dual approach where it's like. Well, you want to close everything so that your your game runs runs the best. But we have 18 gigs just in case you you still have everything open. Uh, you know, so uh, they're like, I I guess you can have your cake and eat it too, sure. But also at the same time, you can't at least in in this OS version right now, you can't pin things to RAM. You can't. I I much rather would have liked. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Keep Call of Duty Mobile in RAM at all times. So immediately when I when I want to blast it up, go. Uh, you know, uh, you 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 can't do that as of right now. I think that's something that that they should implement, especially with 18 gigs of RAM. Because I mean, it's just it's just silly. You're not going to use that in normal day. Uh, no. Not at all. We don't have like a, a desktop experience like Samsung Dex on Asus devices like these, do we? Because I feel like that's where you might be able to push or, or pull something out of that extra RAM. No, they they used to have like a like a dock thing. I, I actually I don't remember them talking about it in the pre-brief. I don't even know mm. if this phone is supported in that old dock thing. Do you do you know, Lewis? Uh, uh, yeah, they did mention it. I don't think it is supported. Oh, okay. They definitely didn't focus on it during the pre-brief sure. if it is supported. But that that wasn't switching to a different OS kind of uh, system. That was just docking it, displaying it on a, a monitor, adding right. keyboard mm-hmm. and mouse support. So it's yeah, no, this. I, I mean, safe. it's 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 a piece. You know, you're like, hey, I, I, want, I want I want one of the, the hottest, fastest gaming phones uh, that you can get out right in there, you know, right now. Got huge battery, huge screen, uh, you know, 18 gigs of RAM. Do you have 18 gigs of RAM? You know you don't. <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, so I, I, it's it's the, the, the sports car. <laughs> you don't need it, but damn, does it feel cool to have it. Uh, <laughs> well, there has been pipped by the Red Magic 6 because you've got the 144 hertz display. From this bad boy, and that's the same as it was last year. Mm-hmm. But Red Magic uh, Red Magic Six is going to have 165 hertz. Oh yeah, weird. So yeah. much of a nothingness. It doesn't really yeah. mean much because you're not going to notice the difference between them. But technically, yeah, there's something better well, than the great ROG phone. I but I I will say the more important than the the refresh rate because obviously we've seen plenty of high refresh rate phones. The the touch sample rate. Which yes. sounds weird, but it, you know it, it's pulling the sample that you're you're putting the inputs at uh, at a much higher refresh. And man, I can definitely feel that when I when I game really? on this as opposed to something else, mm. you definitely feel the input latency. It, 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 it's it's minute, it's very minute, but you can feel it. And it, it's almost a, an effect where sometimes I'm scrolling and I feel like I almost scroll too fast. Like it, like it registered my scroll yeah. or, my, or my touch too soon or not too soon, but faster than I'm used to. So like it's mm-hmm. just the responsiveness is like super quick, even with it, like not in games. Like, yeah, I've, I've definitely felt that. Uh, and I think that, that, that helps, uh, you know, that that's, I would rather have 120, 144, refresh rate screen with a way higher uh, touch sample rate which I, ios does as well they, they still have a you know a, a 60 hertz screen but it, mm. it touch sample rate at a, a higher refresh rate so it's why it's always felt yeah. so snappy for a 60 hertz user experience right right mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah so i i think there is something to be said about that that's hard to explain to the average user but yeah it's and it's not as easy to be like oh i have a screen you know <laughs> <laughs> it lights uh, up 
yeah i will say on on the on the back screen on the ultimate and i guess the pro too uh the configuration options there there is a lot of them you you can you can have different things for when you get a phone call when you're charging when you have the screen on screen off in x mode there's different profiles and they have some some fun built-in kind of stuff uh i i wish the customization options were more i the, the things I could do with the screen, usually, so there are ways to, to load in your own pictures, put in your own text, but usually the animation cycle of what you do with them is just, oh, you've got four different animations. So, you know, like, like a, the, the, the photo of my cat here, I can't just have it static of my cat. It has, it has to, to it has it has well there, there's a, there, yeah there's a glitch there's like a, a, a little <laughs> star wipe kind of thing there's like it, it has to go through this animation and there's only like a handful of them so that that's a weird bummer i think maybe the screen they were worried about screen burn-in so you can't just have a static image or something mm. uh i guess possibly i don't know in terms yeah. of functionality like you mentioned like you know it can also do alerts and stuff does that also translate over to the just the basic the basic model with just the RGB like logo, can that still notify you with different colors and stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right now, okay. I, I think I have it uh, red for when there's uh, notifications that come in, uh, and then just different for when the screen is on. Uh, oh, I can't good. remember which one I set on this one, but yeah, that that it'll change as well. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it seems like I'm, a missed opportunity otherwise. So. Well, and and also, I mean. It'd be, it'd be it'd be a cool thing too if uh, this was laying face down on on a table and I get a notification and I get a little ticker style like oh hey it's Gmail you know subject line you know get to work idiot uh, <laughs> you know then I'd be like oh crap I need to get to work it's it's not like that it's it just lights up oh hey you have you have a notification you don't know what it ask. is it doesn't yeah. read it out it's yeah. That's just funny because even even the like the Galaxy Z Flip or something or the Motorola Razor with their little exterior displays they display actual notification icons the scrolling subject lines stuff like that you can get a basic sense of what your notification is yeah i i, I have a feeling they were working with some sort of limitation like it, there, there's something we just don't know about that's limiting yeah. it to never so have basic. a static image never display yeah. custom readout things something about it it's just uh it, it's awesome it is cool uh, you know, and, and does look nice. Uh, but yeah, it's not as useful as something like the, yeah, a, a foldable. So well, maybe in the next those, iteration. Uh, for those playing fast charge bingo, now you can mark your cards for Dom's mention of the Galaxy Z Flip. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I believe we need to make that an actual game. <laughs> they don't, they don't pay me the money every week unless I mention it at least. Right. Once. Fair. So, fair. Yeah. Well then. <laughs> Well, and, and it's it's late enough in the day for you guys to drink, but I, I can't drink this early. It's not even nine o'clock uh, where I'm at. I mean, the, the only thing left I really want to know about the 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 ROG phone is when someone's going to get Doom running on oh, that nice. little tiny rear display. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it is a matter of time. Probably already happened. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Someone I'm, inside I'm sure Asus must have done yeah. it. Right. That was how they proved that they wanted to put it on the phone in the first place internally. Yeah. They were like, look, it can run Doom, so we've got to put it in there. I think there's a Skyrim port on the way as well, actually. <laughs> yes, exactly. It just fades yeah. up and you're in Might the car. Well. Might as well. Uh, 
I, I, I will say from a design perspective, it is interesting that they, like, I remember the first couple iterations of the ROG phone, you know, they, they had that thing of like, oh, you, you've got a little window into seeing your vapor chamber or, oh, you have a, a little <laughs> yeah. port where it actively cools, you know, you, you feel the warm air coming off the phone. They, they totally went away with that because they realized, you know what, that's just all for show. Like that's functionally, it's not really that big of a deal. So, you know what, we might as well just put something even more interesting on the back uh so yeah which is fine i will say based on based on my time with with the phone i mean i love the performance and, and i love the the gaming features and all stuff i love the display everything about it i love apart from how big it is it's just too big for me it's a you know i mean the dimensions haven't really increased from the rog phone 3 but it's a bigger display um and i don't think it's it's just the display that i don't like i think it's the fact that it's tall and it's heavy it's quite top heavy, I've, I've noticed. Um, 238 grams, I think it is. Uh, so that's quite a, a weighty boy. And because they split the battery, top and bottom, yeah, you've got like a weight there that I don't think you'd usually have in a, in a standard smartphone. Obviously, I don't know because I'm not taking them apart. But I mean, for me, I hold my phone, so I hold it from about here. That's, that's just kind of, you know, bottom third of the phone. So this top half just feels really kind of heavy in my hand, like it's going to fall out at any moment. Um, do you find that what's the case or am I, mean, I just alone in this feeling? <laughs> no, I, no, I, I totally get you. I mean, I guess I feel like in, in a, a class of phone like this, I want it to be weighty and substantial. Uh, you know, like, like it's a big bolty thing. And also if you put on the aeroactive cooler, it's a great grip, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, but no, I and I, I wouldn't call it top heavy. I think the, the thing that we're experiencing is that it's evenly distributed. Because usually the phone's in the bottom, so that's where your yeah. hand is. But now that it's yeah. equally distributed, it's 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 different. Uh, I I guess it didn't it didn't strike me as much because the same design was in the uh, phone dual the with the, with the dual battery. Or, yes, yeah. So uh, I, I, I guess I, I'm I'm I was used to it here because this You've has adjusted. that same thing. Yeah, sure. So it, it wasn't as as big of a deal uh, on the weight. And I'm I'm not with you on the size. I could have gone bigger. You know what? Like, yeah, give it to give it to me bigger. Uh, I I love huge phones. I I've never met a phone that I couldn't uh, couldn't. Uh, I I felt the same until I hit this, and now I'm like I don't want that. I do not want that. Take it away from me. Mm, no, I I love it. <laughs> there, there's I if if they if they had a bigger screen, I I'd, I'd be happy. And some of it is functionality wise because I I do like the fact that they have the extra space for the the front firing speakers. That's huge. Yep. Uh, yeah. I I oh yeah. I don't care to to make it a little bit taller just to to add that. I yeah, I I could have gone bigger. Yeah, but that's just wow. <laughs> I, th I think I'm in the minority. <laughs> well, there you go. Adam likes big phones, and he cannot lie. Um, <laughs> let's move on from that like stream of innuendo. Uh, to, uh, all things camera again. After sort of veering away from cameras on the Asus because they really are not the selling point. Um, this week. OnePlus confirmed on Monday that it is going to launch the OnePlus 9 series on March 23rd, uh, but it also importantly teased one of the big selling points of, of the new cell phones, which is a partnership with Hasselblad. Uh, we have mentioned this on the show before. It was leaked by Dave2D uh, a month ago, something like that. So we've kind of known for a while this was probably coming, but now the two companies have officially announced they have partnered. It is a three-year deal. 
that we'll see OnePlus invest $150 million into camera tech, basically over, over the lifetime of this deal. Um, they've announced a few of these specific kind of aspects of phone photography that they're working on together like right now that we're going to see in the OnePlus 9. But part of the pitch here is it's a three-year project. Things only get better from here. Um, I thought this was kind of a good excuse to turn to this because we. this is obviously not the first time a phone company has partnered with a camera company and used it as a selling point. Uh, the big one, and I guess the big success story in this space, at least in terms of a public perception, is Leica and Huawei. Um, they've been partnered for a few years now, and I definitely think you hear people talk about them together in a way that is clearly a lot of people perceive, rightly or wrongly, that Leica's involvement is part of why Huawei's camera tech is maybe the best in the industry and, and certainly close to it. Um, but we've seen other, like, less, I don't want to say necessarily less successful, but less, uh, you know, praised uh, partnerships. Uh, the two that come to mind for me are Zeiss, uh, actually, Zeiss and Sony, um, which is always a funny one because Sony is itself a camera company, but they partnered <laughs> with a different camera company. Um, but They've always also had that partnership, though, even on the yeah. DSLRs, though, so, yeah. It's, oh, do they? Okay, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, a tight, it's a tight bond that they've had apart okay, from cool. smartphones, so, yeah. That makes more sense. Then. Um, and the other one is Zeiss and Nokia, uh, which has been on a few phones, but from what I remember was introduced on the ill-fated Nokia 9 PureView, oh, yes. <laughs> which was the cam the phone with five camera lenses arranged in a sort of hideous like spider web layout. Uh, I, five I, 12 I, megapixel cameras, very weird. The, uh, the last Cam Standing episode of that still gets comments of people defending that phone. Uh, really? After, yeah, it still gets it still gets comments. So yeah, people are like, you're totally wrong about that phone. <laughs> it takes the best images. And I'm like... Oh. I knew what they were going for, but they did not get that. They definitely didn't no. get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so first, I guess maybe the thing is to talk about what the OnePlus Hasselblad deal is. Um, it's a mix of hardware and software to start. So they, are, they claim they're working on both together. Uh, the hardware side, the only bit of the hardware side we know is that they've said they are working on a um, a freeform lens for the ultra-wide camera in, in the OnePlus 9 or in the 9 Pro. OnePlus talks about the 9 series, and it's never clear which are in which phones, but certainly the Pro may be the regular as well. Um, so they work together on a hardware element there for a freeform lens, which um, is basically the idea is it reduces distortion, so you hopefully get less of that curvature you get from ultra-wide cameras. I mean, to some extent, that's on a software level, that problem's been mostly solved already. There's a little bit of distortion left sometimes, but it's pretty hard to spot these days. But this is a hardware fix to that as well. Um, but the other side is software, and they, are, they have announced software partnerships. Um, there are basically two. One is does feel a like it's a branding exercise, which is that the, the pro mode on the camera app will now be the Hasselblad pro mode or something like that. Uh, and there's a couple of specific features, but I think really as much as anything, it's a branding thing. They say they're changing the UI to match Hasselblad's own software, but it really just sounds like it is just a tweak to make it very obviously. You hit that button and you're like, ooh, a Hasselblad. Um, <laughs> more interesting is that Hasselblad is apparently working with them on color tuning, which um, I think is fair to say is maybe one of the bits of camera software that OnePlus has then dinged on by critics a lot. Um, Hasselblad has a reputation for being good at that, I suppose. Adam can correct me. I, I know Hasselblad is, they make good cameras, I guess. 
but I'm I'm not an expert on them <laughs> by any means. Ones uh, that I can't afford. That's exactly. Yeah. Yes, they make good cameras, I guess, that none of us could ever. Yeah, this afford. is the cheapest, most affordable, approachable Hasselblad camera you'll ever come across. <laughs> yeah. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> After the Motorola one, I guess I should say. True. Yes, true. I forgot oh, when I was talking about God. partnerships. They did oh. a partnership, Which was... didn't they? Yeah, yeah, we spoke about that before. Um, let's hope this one goes better. <laughs> yes. I have much higher hopes for this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do we think in general? Do we think people should be excited by this or, or should we all just be going, ah, it's, it's, it's hype? I mean, for me, I would say the first thing that this indicates is that they know their cameras have a problem and, and yes. they, they, yeah. they want to address them. I mean, for me, like I, I've always said year in and year out, at least since like the 5T, I think, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, OnePlus phones are, are, are that perfect spot of you get you get high high-end specs you you get it just right uh you know configurations the the os was, was tight and clean even though I, I don't necessarily like the os design now but that's a personal preference kind of thing uh you know and, and for the money like I, if somebody asked me hey what, what's what's the best money phone just solid you get it it's gonna work it's gonna have updates one plus do it all day go for it i love it uh and but their the biggest downside is but just know the camera doesn't keep up. So I, yep. I think for yeah. me, this at least indicates that, I mean, with, without coming out and being like, ha, we know we, our cameras are kind of shit. Now we're going to address it. <laughs> They're like, you know, this is essentially enough, saying that without saying it. They actually kind of did. So they put out a video on their social media today oh. uh, with oh, uh, P. Lau talking about the collaboration. Just a little minute and a half sort of, you know, hype video for the thing. But it did have the sort of drop where they said, like, you all love our phones, but not our cameras. And they showed a load of wow. tweets popping up on screen of everyone just saying, love this phone, love the specs. Why is the camera so so rubbish? And, and people saying, OnePlus, when are you going to fix your cameras and all of that kind of thing? So they did quite openly do that where they said, like, we know. They didn't say the cameras are bad, but they said, we know you are disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and especially as the prices started to creep up, as it yep. be, has become more flagship status, you you have to you have to keep up. Like the the, the camera just did not did not keep up for the price uh, in my mind. So that's a bummer. So I I think ultimately it's a good thing that they're addressing it. They're saying, hey, you know, we we realize that whether going to Hasselblad is is necessarily the best step. I don't know. I guess we'll yeah we'll see how that that partnership pans out. Yeah. And it really can pan out in a bunch of different ways. It's so it's so new nuanced. There's the hardware end of it, which you know, if if OnePlus is trying to to keep costs down, and they, you know, maybe they go for for cheaper parts. Uh, the the lenses, you know, might might not be as 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 uh, as tuned, you know, as as well as some other ones. The 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 stabilization motor, the, the like mm. any anything that that revolves around the hardware. I think Hasselblad they they know because not only do they make cameras they make lenses, uh, yep. you know. So like that that knowledge and expertise, I think can be beneficial into knowing like okay what kind of coding, uh, you know what kind of distance. I, I mean, and this is all a crazy, a crazy thing I'm sure for Hasselblad as well because you're talking about physics here. You know they they can make lenses this long if they want to 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 get <laughs> the right uh, <laughs> to to get the right the right look that they need to. But in a, in a smartphone, you, you're trying to get the best out of the space yeah. that you have. You've got and I think to work yeah. So yeah. so I think that's where the I think that's where OnePlus on, on the hardware side is like, listen, we have the space we have. We don't know how to make it necessarily better. 
with yeah. the tools that we have we let's turn to somebody else to say hey what are the tools that a traditional lens and camera maker would use for the hardware so i think there's that on the software side i've loved oneplus phones because traditionally they've always stepped stuck pretty close to stock android and then just focused on a you know a, a couple tweaks that that make it kind of stand above uh stock android but I think that hurts you in the camera department because you can't just rely on the stock Android camera because it's not like the Pixel. The Pixel, it's not, yeah, yeah, not the, 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 the Pixel is not experience. a stock Android camera. That is yeah. definitely their own software tuning. So yeah. the the stock camera in Android is not great, <laughs> and you see that in a lot of kind of lower end mm -hmm. phones. So like I think they're on the software and they're just like okay well we don't know what to prioritize we don't know necessarily how to get the processing of a higher end flagship but here's the thing for me i think it breaks down i don't know if hasselblad knows that either <laughs> you know like the like like the hardware yeah hasselblad they know their stuff but on the software side their cameras don't necessarily deal in that same kind of thing where it has to i mean right. you if somebody's shooting jpegs highly compressed JPEGs on a Hasselblad camera, they're probably doing it wrong. Or maybe they have proxy <laughs> files. Okay, I shouldn't say that. Maybe they have proxy files. There's there's a reason yeah, to have JPEG on it. But <laughs> JPEGs aren't Hasselblad's strong suit. <laughs> Not the default uh, use case. Yeah, I would say yeah. Leica in that case has a, a little bit more, you know, uh, with JPEG processing because they make like actual street cameras and smaller end yeah. cameras. But yeah, so the, the software side which honestly I think is more important than the hardware side mm -hmm. is where I'm a little less confident in Hasselblad. And I, I, I'm definitely taking a wait and see like, uh, I, it's oh. going to be better. I, I, I bet it's going to be better for sure, but how much better and how soon? I don't know. That's, that's what I'm worried about personally. It's definitely clear that yeah, one think, must um, agree that the software is the, the thing they want to focus on. You know, a lot of the stuff they're talking about, right now is is the software side and that's where they you know the press release about the Hasselblad partnership leans much more heavily on they're coming in with software expertise it took me actually reading it through a few times to realize they do talk about hardware and it's three lines in the final paragraph um so that they clearly get that that's a problem but it's interesting i wouldn't have thought about the fact that jpegs aren't obviously Hasselblad's strong suit either well, I mean, and working with Android, working with the, the compression, working with, yeah. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that you need to worry about on a smartphone as opposed to a a professional camera. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, I mean, and maybe maybe them working in conjunction, they can tell the OnePlus team, hey, this is what, you know, photographers, uh, you know, really care about. They, they care about colors. They care about, you know, uh, HDR processing and stuff. And then on the, uh, or I'm sorry, um, image processing. And then the OnePlus team can be like, well, here's, here's, you know, how we can work with it on the smartphone. Yeah. I, but honestly, I don't think it's necessarily one of those things where they're just, you got two teams and they're just always calling each other. Hey dude, what are you up to? Oh, you know, I'm slight, <laughs> slightly tweaking this. Can you help me with this? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Let's get on Slack. And you know, like, 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 I, I don't think it's that level necessarily of like no. them working together. I think it's more like yeah. partnerships that I've seen in the past, like, Razer worked working with THX in their their yeah. latest headphones. They're like, hey, we went to THX. They told us what we should aim for. They helped test it for us and say, oh, you know, this is where you should get better, where you should, you know, where you're fine. I I think it's more of that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, where it's it's a. But I mean, you know, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm 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 really curious. I really am crossing my fingers on that. So. 
I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. There was one interesting comment um, from, from Alex in, in the chat, uh, which is a really fair point. He says uh, that the 8 Pro was considered to have a great camera other than the monochrome lens. Um, and so, like, it, it, to some extent, is this a problem OnePlus already solved on their own? Um, my response to that, I, I did think the 8 Pro had a good camera. I thought it was a step up from what had come before. But it definitely wasn't the best camera around, and it wasn't in the conversation about the best cameras. And I think that's what OnePlus wants to change. And, and kind of going back to that point you made earlier on, Adam, about when you're recommending phones to people. And that's always the same thing for me. If people ask for a phone recommendation around that kind of price, I'll always be straight to, oh, get whatever the new OnePlus is. That's probably the one for you. Unless they turn around, you know, I'll always say, but what are your like main priorities in your phone? And if the first thing they say is camera, then I say, okay, <laughs> not the OnePlus. Like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. And for most people, they'll love it. And it will, I've taken some fantastic photos out of a OnePlus. But if your number one thing you want from your phone is the camera, like, you can definitely do better. And I guess that's what OnePlus wants us to stop talking about it like that. Well, and especially for the price. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm being yeah. harsh. It's, it's not, it's definitely not shit. It, it, it's good. It's a good solid camera, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's B tier. It's, it's that yeah. next yes. step yeah. down or B plus, you know, maybe a minus in the right conditions. The, the eight pro got them into the conversation with the best cameras, but that was yeah. as far as it had gotten. It, it yeah. They hadn't really been in before. Yeah. It helps that they're smart with sensors. Like they always use whatever the latest Sony IMX is and mm. tend to have good sensor choices. They've already said where the IMX seven eight nine is going to be in the in in one of the OnePlus nine uh, cameras. Um, so you know they they'd always pick good sensor components, um, but obviously that's the bit you're kind of just shipping in from Sony. Uh, and as Adam says, it's it's the lens structure and everything else that they're having to to build themselves. Oh, and, and the processing off that that sensor. We're, yeah. we're going to see that sensor in so many different phones and so many different phones are going to do completely, take different different photos. It, it's mm -hmm. not, yeah, the sensor is is the good baseline. Cool, you got yeah. a good sensor. Now yes. you, you have to know how to use it. <laughs> I mean, the I think with the, I'm not sure when they first started using it, but the IMX586, that 48 meg sensor that was in like every phone from the year it late launched. Mm. OnePlus used that for longer than a lot of the competition. And I think it's yes. also in the Nord as well. Is it in the uh, Nord, Dom? Do you I remember? I think so. And Might in the be. 8T. It's definitely yeah, in the 8T. Because right. it was part of and my comment in the 8T was like, this is the same sensor for two and a half years now. And like, yeah. But the photos haven't improved. OnePlus's uh, response to that, because I went to their camera thing, in, their camera lab in Taiwan, and I mm. asked them about that at the time. And this was a few years prior to I joined Tech Advisor, so they hadn't released as many phones using it yet. So it was still kind of one or two phones that used it. But they, they were like of the thinking that, you know, they wanted to basically teach themselves how to get the most out of this sensor through their software and their algorithm and all of that kind of stuff. So they were clearly already very, very aware that they want to make sure the software is solid. Sure, the hardware is going to completely change how it's processed and all this kind of stuff, but... Yeah, they were they were acutely aware, but maybe they, they reached a point where they felt the Hasselblad involvement was gonna supercharge that endeavor. Maybe yeah. that's why they're the brand that they went to because of their software handling, although maybe not in JPEG form. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and the other thing too, like uh, the average person, the like I think about the average OnePlus user, the person I would recommend a OnePlus phone to, I don't think they even know who Hasselblad is. 
I don't even think the, the weight recognition thought. is like, ooh, was Hasselblad. Yeah. Oh, sweet. You know, Leica, I think mm. enough people know Leica, uh, you know, so they probably, but Leica already has partnerships, so maybe they wanted to do something different. But Hasselblad, Hasselblad is very niche. They're, I mean, they specialize in medium format. You know, they, like they, they really focus on high end uh, camera equipment and it's very like camera nerds love and revere them even more than than a Leica. But it's also okay. even in the camera world, kind of something different. If you're going to go down the Hasselblad route, it's definitely a different kind of route that you're going down. <laughs> so I, I honestly, I, I it's a marketing thing, but I don't think it's going to be that effective as a marketing thing. Mm. just with that name alone i'll, I'll happily hold my hand up and say before i worked as a tech journalist i had not heard of hasselblad <laughs> right. i did not yeah. know who they were so it, me as a punter a few years ago that would have meant nothing to me Other yeah, than, I, I, oh, I guess it's a camera company that means they're serious about cameras but i i asked i've got a couple of mates who work at canon in in sales and stuff but i i asked about you know would you ever consider as a company or, or, or is there any kind of like has there ever been talk and they were like yeah we've been approached plenty of times by plenty of smartphone makers mm -hmm. to do some sort of partnership because i feel like a brand like canon or nikon nikon yeah. depending on where you're from uh would you know much more readily appeal or click with with mainstream users mm -hmm. consumers um in terms of a phone camera partnership but at least from canon's perspective they were like yeah it's just never going to happen it's just not something that they want to do with their brand <laughs> and i imagine it's not that dissimilar for, for nikon i don't know but that's just yeah yeah, so I, I think that's yeah. I think because more mainstream manufacturers like like a, a Canon or a Nikon uh, are they they have their own things in the price range that will say, hey, you should have a smartphone and yes. this, like yes, a, a exactly. point shoot or something like that. You know, like, like they're probably like, yeah, you know what? We don't want to muddy the water. We'd rather have somebody buy our camera than a camera in yeah. a phone. Uh, so yeah. that's probably why they're going to more yes. boutique. Uh, and, you know, camera manufacturers. Also, at the same time, for us camera nerds, I have a reverence for Leica. I have a, a reverence for, for Hasselblad. If, he, if I saw a partnership with Nikon, which I'm not a big Nikon fan, I'd be like, mm, I don't want that. <laughs> like, it has a ne negative connotation. Like, you don't want any negative connotations. But that's, that's coming from my world. That's a little bit different. Uh, but that's part of what they're playing to because, I mean, as you said, this is a niche partnership in a sense that, you know, Hasselblad are not a mainstream company. And I guess they're they're working on that idea that they're gonna get hype from the camera nerds, and it, it's almost like a like a forgive me if using the term, but I can't think of anything better. It's like a trickle down model of hype that if you get the nerdiest people excited about it, it'll <laughs> kind of like pass down to other people, and they'll they'll tell their friends they're like, oh well, this is a Hasselblad camera that that means something. Which in a way, I think it kind of does make sense for OnePlus because they feel like their model always came from win the nerds over first and get them to be hype men <laughs> for the brand essentially um and Which then a good place get to be. the people yeah you get the people who really care about phones like a lot of the people will be watching listening to this they then become oneplus fanatics and then they go and and tell their friends oh yeah i got a oneplus they're the best ones um and so if they can win that in the same space with the camera space and hinge on the idea that enough people who know about phones will at least recognize the name hasselblad and know that it means, like, even if all they know is, like, the level I'm on, which is, oh, Hasselblad, good cameras. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> as long as they've got that, then they're somewhere, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm also interested to see if this will translate somehow into Oppo phones. 
well, open phones definitely cool. take a lot more consideration into cameras and like we were just talking about the find x3 you know you're you're yes. like this is interesting camera technology i i know they're different i know they're separate but, but they're close they, enough <laughs> and they said only a couple months ago that they were bringing their r&d together yeah um like oh you know, interesting they, they, I, okay i missed that yeah. yeah so they very recently basically said fine oh, we, we okay. are actually going to bring our r&d together much more closely oneplus and oppo are going to work together a lot more on, on the on the hardware r&d so that was one of my thoughts on this. It's like, oh, uh, is some of that Hasselblad knowledge going to skip across to Oppo as well? Well, because that's the other I, thing too. Like, what what does Hasselblad have to gain from doing this with OnePlus? But if it's Oppo, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're talking much, about much a bigger. way way bigger ecosystem and something. I mean, Oppo has uh, a, a bigger presence than just smartphones as well. You know, like yeah. I, I yeah, I think I think we'll probably see that come. Don, did you say it was $150 million investment with Hasselblad or just in camera tech? The phrasing was a little odd. Um, and I remember kind of hesitating over that. I'll see if I can find it. Um, they because committed in terms to of... investing $150 million USD on camera development over the next okay. three years. Right. Otherwise, there's the answer to Adam's question of what does Hasselblad stand to gain? It's $150 yeah, well, yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> true. That was, that was sweet in the well, deal. No, yeah, I think yeah. I think it reads more like this is just OnePlus right. claiming they're investing $150 million on camera tech over the next three I mean, that's years. And Hasselblad is part of that. Yeah. Um, but if it's not just OnePlus money, though, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. If it comes to Oppo, then it's like, oh, okay, well, that's a much larger investment that makes more sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So in terms of sharing that R and D space, I would expect, uh, unless obviously like the the Hasselblad partnership results in the most revolutionary camera quality and performance that we've ever seen on a smartphone, I imagine it's going to be the other direction, and we'll actually just see like a micro lens on a OnePlus phone come like you know the six month refresh this year or something, more than the other way around, but. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's not, not going to be revolutionary. I can, I can tell you that. Hasselblad is <laughs> not going to be able to make that kind of magic happen. I think it's mm. going to be, yeah, it's going to be iteration. It's going to be uh, a work in progress. And because OnePlus kind of refreshes pretty quickly, I, yeah, exactly. I think this first one is not going to be completely indicative of where it's going to be in a couple of years. Uh, but I think they're trying to dampen expectations in that sense, in, in the way they've put, they're, they're not claiming they're not saying we've spent all this money with Hasselblad. We've transformed our camera tech right now. They've said we're starting this. We have begun working with Hasselblad. <laughs> You're going to see like <laughs> two things we've done together in these new phones. But we've got three years, and we're going to keep doing more stuff in that time, and it's going to keep getting better. Uh, yeah, we we've been working so. on this deal for three years. It's finally come. Oh man, I'm so ready to work on this deal. It's not really going to be in place for another three years, but it's here. We can finally talk about it. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. All right, I think that should probably wrap us up for today because we have broken the hour mark without me realizing. Uh, mm. Thank you to everyone for joining and thank you to Adam for waking up bright and early to join us on the show. As ever, uh, your camera wisdom in particular, um, essential for this episode, I think. I would have been bumbling my way through chatting about Hasselblad. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening. Uh, Fast Charge will, of course, be back next week. We are going to be talking about uh, whatever Samsung announces at its Galaxy Unpacked event for sure. And I don't know what else. We will see. Uh, but until then, thanks everyone and bye. Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>